Welcome back to Trading Matters, a podcast by OCBC Securities. In this show, we'll focus on hunting down interesting market movements to help you become more opportunistic with your capital. I'm your host, Reggie, aka your Chief Financial Coconut, and today we are going to continue down this China discussion with PBOC holding its rates steady. How is it going to affect the now infamous property space? Talk a little bit about Evergrande, but we're going to focus on Country Garden and also double down on this discussion with Agricultural Bank of China. Essentially, trying to focus on PBOC's rates, how is it going to then affect the Chinese financial markets, specifically in China? We talked about Chinese stock market and Pingan insurance and how insurers are affected by the stock market. And week before, we were talking about Meituan, we were talking about reopening. Uh, so this week, actually, the focus is again on China, but we are actually not going to be looking at uh, the same sectors. We're actually going to be moving away to one of the systemically important, cannot shy away from kind of sectors. Yeah, but uh, also we didn't talk about it before. And it's actually the housing and the banking sectors. So two very important sectors to China and to the Chinese economy. Uh, but yeah, actually we are looking at it because there are new developments in the area, especially when it comes to properties. What's so big a problem with financial debt or what's so big a problem with this like corporate debt, you know, that, that China is racking up, you know, and in especially in this property space, right? Like how, how is it really going to affect the broader Chinese market? And, and is it important for us to look at this whole debt ratio broader to the market? Well, absolutely. I mean, actually, if you look at it, right, some of the key areas that, you know, Xi Jinping and the Chinese government cracked down on, uh, and that happened all in 2021, a lot of focus was on technology, right? The platform companies. But there's another, like, there's another sector, which is the property sector that also got hit really hard as a result of this crackdown, this common prosperity campaign. There has been a lot of speculation in the market. There's been a lot of debt in the market. And um, there's a famous quote, you know, Xi Jinping once said that housing is for living in, it's not for speculation. Yes, yes. So that really kind of sums up how the Chinese government wants to look at housing, which is important to the broader Chinese economy as well, because it takes up such a huge component when it comes to China as well. Three rate lines. And, and I think that's that's one of the biggest reasons why Evergrande go into all these problems, right? But um, I think doubling down on the property sector, right? With, with PBOC adjusting their rates to where it is, which is not adjusting, you know, mm. keeping the current situation, how is it going to affect the property sector specifically? So when we talk about properties and we talk about, I mean, not just China, but also globally, then they are actually quite linked to what happens at a monetary policy level or at an interest rate level because people will take on loans to buy property or property developers will take on loans to, to develop properties. And so as a result of that, when you have things like your rising interest rates globally, that's going to hit your property market as well. But that's another story for another time. Now we are going to be focusing on China. And the whole idea is because of some of the uh, regulation previously, deleveraging previously, and now also because of some slowing demand, uh, in the property space for China, in the housing space. So now the government's actually coming in and trying to put in policy steps to ease, you know, try to try to boost some of this housing and demand market, as well. Support the market. Support the market, exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, now the Chinese government's actually stepping in to, to go on the other side and say, you know, there are signs of policy easing, at least at a local government level as well. Interesting. And today we want to talk, uh, focusing on property, we want to talk about one of the largest property developer, right, which is uh, Country Garden, Pi Kui Yuan. 
Well, actually, Country Garden, I mean, actually, if you look at the statistics, right, it is not just one of the largest. It is the largest property developer largest. by yeah. contracted sales. Yeah. Mm. I mean, as of at least the start of 2022. So um, this stock is important, not just on its own, uh, just looking at the stock itself, but it's also an indicator of the broader property market in China. And so, you know, people are looking at it as a bellwether, as an indicator of some of the risks out there because it's considered as one of the safer uh, property developers. So Country Garden, we'll be looking at it um, because actually, like I mentioned, you know, there's some news uh, at a policy level. Uh, the Chinese government has actually come in to ease and there's now also speculation within the market that, you know, there, there are bets that the easing will further continue. Yeah. And uh, this has come in through some pretty interesting support measures, you know. So uh, at a local government level, there's actually been things like, you know, home purchase vouchers or, or lowering your down payment ratios. And this is just some uh, policy. I mean, there are a lot of policies out there, but these, these are just some measures that have come in uh, that now got traders and investors excited, you know, that there are additional support measures coming in for this sector. Mm-hmm. But... So then how is Country Garden performing then? You know, pre-measures and what can we expect going forward? So, I mean, Country Garden together with the rest of the property developers in China, they were in a lot of trouble, right? And that reflects so it, in the share price. Up. Yeah, okay. so they weren't spared at all. Yeah, <laughs> they are, like I said, you know, even such a large property developer, they also had uh, a lot of impact from the regulation, from the slowing demand as well. There are measures actually to kind of try and boost the demand, you know, of housing. Uh, and at the same time, of course, there are other measures uh, such as uh, asking some, some of the banks to help out uh, to, to ease their liquidity problems, you know. Because the, the big problem, like I said, that happened for Evergrande is that uh, people are afraid that they cannot repay their bonds. So um, yeah. as a result of that, you know, there's a lot of uh, fear that, you know, Evergrande will default. And now the Chinese government actually came in to tell the banks, hey, we need you guys to support and, and to help in this area. Because the property developers, if they cannot sell enough homes, if they cannot, uh, you know, ha- get that revenue, then that's going to be a problem. So that's still ongoing, right? Mm-hmm. And whatever happens to Evergrande, they are such a big player as well. It does affect the broader sentiment when it comes to Chinese property and the property developers as well. Definitely. So Definitely. Evergrande is not uh, completely irrelevant in that sense okay. uh, because mm-hmm. whatever news that came out actually did impact the broader property developer index as well when it comes to their share prices mm-hmm. at least. And that's what we are interested in, how the news translates to share price movements and to, to any change in sentiment, change in outlook for these companies as well. Okay. So uh, in terms of what's happening on a broader policy level that uh, impacts all of these developers individually as well. So things like even COVID lockdowns and demand for housing and monetary policy uh, and their bond payments for some of the other uh, property developers in China as well. And we want to talk a little bit about Agricultural Bank of China. So all sorts of exposure <laughs> yes, nowadays, yes. not just agriculture. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. When, when my friends brought me there, I was like, which small? We go Agricultural Bank. <laughs> it's like, we're not, we're not farmers ahead, right? But yes, yes. So help us understand a little bit. Like what is so interesting about them? Uh, actually, Agricultural Bank of China is one of the big four, you could say. Uh, it's a term used to, to capture the banking scene in China where there are four state-owned banks, which are ICBC, Bank of China, 
China Construction Bank and Agricultural Bank of China. And in terms of market cap, in terms of assets, they are actually huge. In terms of assets, they're actually even larger than your biggest US banks like JP Morgan. So it's the third biggest bank in the world by assets, fifth biggest bank in the world by market cap. Uh, this is Agricultural Bank of China. And of course, the other peers, uh, ICBC, for example, is topped in both areas. So uh, when it comes to Agricultural Bank of China and actually looking at the big four banks in China uh, as a whole, um, it's, I guess, very exposed to the monetary policy, which we talked about last podcast as well. Right? And uh, along with that, it's also exposed to the China developers and developers such as Country Garden, mm-hmm. such as Evergrande, mm-hmm. and uh, how things like you know your loans to them uh they are being impacted by maybe any headwinds by the property sector as well so these big four banks actually suffered together with the chinese developers when there was the whole evergrande saga because i mean the if you think about it intuitively uh the chinese developers if they are not able to make their loan repayments then this impacts the profitability and the revenue of the banks themselves so uh in that sense uh, the, the, the exposure or the, the relationship between the two sectors is actually uh, quite significant, I could say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, and, and I think you brought up an interesting point. Right? I think a lot of our listeners that t- uh, tune in, they may not know that these Chinese banks are actually like huge, you know, by global standards because everybody here, you know, your big American banks, like JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley, you know, they're they are everywhere. How significant are they in evaluating the broader kind of global financial health? Well, I think definitely if you look at the banks and their profile, their exposure to the different countries, the main exposure is still going to be to China, right? At least uh, when it comes to a geographic distribution. When it comes to assets, I mean, they are huge, right? Some of them are even larger than JP Morgan, like I said. So uh, definitely there's going to be uh, some some focus when it comes to you know what's the health of the Chinese economy and you have to look at the health of the banks as well because the Chinese government I mean these banks are state owned as well so the Chinese government does use the banks as well when it comes to some of the policy levers as well yeah mm-hmm. okay okay interesting interesting so pre- pretty much although they are huge uh, them most of the exposure and the activity is still in China so whatever happens to them is, is still relatively contained within the Chinese market is that what I hear. Well, I mean, whatever happens to them, it will have repercussions on the global economy for sure because okay, of their okay. size, because of the size of China's economy as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you did tell us last week that PBOC is not like the Fed, just with one rate, right? So they, are, they have a lot of levers within within them. And in this current situation with the PBOC update, right? how, how is it going to affect the business? Well, in the case for ABC and actually for the state-owned banks, the, the big four, right? You could say that, I mean, whatever the PBOC is doing, it does affect them because, like I mentioned before, for other banks as well, uh, their monetary policy affects their, their interest rates and the rates that they lend out at. Yeah, so uh, how the PBOC and how the Chinese government is also using these banks to, for example, the latest move was uh, related to holding the rates steady and that, that relates to the rates that they can lend out when it comes to the loan prime rate, when it comes to uh, the, re- the ratios as well. Uh, when it comes to reserves. So, uh, yeah, the, the Chinese government does use these banks. And now, actually, recently, there's been a piece of news where uh, China has actually come in to say, you know, uh, some of these banks need to support the growth. They need, they need more pro-growth oh. policies. 
does this then increase the risk of the bank? And in the case of China and China's move to try to get these banks to step in to do more loans, um, does it then increase the risk of default for these banks? Or well, in the first place, these banks are state-owned, so uh, they, they, they <laughs> so do have matter. the government behind them. There's no risk factor, them. is it? I mean, not say no okay, risk factor, okay. but they do have the government behind okay. them in that sense, yeah. Mm, mm. Interesting. Okay, okay. Down, down the road, we can discuss more and more about, about the, chi- the, the Chinese companies, how, how they structure. In closing today, do you have any last things you want to add for us? Well, actually, I think uh, one of the things which you can explore, you know, listening to this podcast as well, for those of you listening, uh, is also, I mean, we talked about things like the performance of the shares. We talked about things like how the company is doing when it comes to news. Uh, and actually, all of this is actually written and posted onto our website as well. So it's quite hard to explain over a podcast how a share price is doing. uh, That's a plug. (laughs) That's a plug. Uh, Check out iocbc.com for your latest research. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, even if you just want to look at the share price, the visuals do help you as well. So when it comes to things like the the performance of a share, I can tell you it's down 50%, but more than that, you can also take a look at the chart and see, okay, that majority of that uh, that downswing, uh, when did it happen? And now, is there any uh, any change to the trend? Uh, where is, uh, I mean, if you look at things like technical analysis and it comes to trading and when to buy a certain stock, then that can be helpful to you as well because then you will see. Okay, so the two stocks that we talked about, Country Garden and uh, AgriBank uh, or, or ABC, uh, actually, when it comes to their charts, they look completely different, even though they are affected by many of the same policy measures as well. So uh, when it comes to Country Garden, it looks like it's still, you know, steadily in a downtrend. There have been positive moves in its share price over the past few days. Uh, but even then, it's still within downtrend below certain key moving averages. Uh, and, and that shows you the momentum of the stock. Uh, meanwhile, for, for Agricultural Bank of China, it does seem to be different. And actually, if you compare the performance of that stock to the broader Hang Seng Index, for example, over the past one year, Hang Seng Index is down. This bank is up and up by about 10%. So very different story, even for the same piece of news. And that can be, you know, a little bit clearer if you actually look at the charts yourself, look at uh, some of the technicals yourself as well. So yeah, I mean, a lot of that material is also available on our website, otherwise elsewhere as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 must go iocbc.com slash trading matters. <laughs> plug, must plug. It's our own show, must plug, okay? So, uh, meanwhile, check out the website and you know, let's keep this discussion going. Take care, CK, have fun. That's a Trading Matters, a podcast by OCBC Securities. If you want to be even faster in following latest market insights done by the team at OCBC Securities, you should visit iocbc.com slash tradingmatters for market insights on Singapore, China, Hong Kong, and the US, and a lot of the stuff that we couldn't cover on the show today. This show is jointly produced by the team at The Financial Coconut and OCBC Securities. We hope you become a more astute trader following our weekly show. And we want to hear from you. Join our ecosystem, advance, and all that stuff. Details in the description below. I will see you next week. Also, contents of this podcast are intended for general information only and should not be construed as recommendation or solicitation to invest in any financial products. All investments are subjected to risk. Before investing, you should conduct your own self-assessment and seek independent financial advice. For the full disclaimer, check out iocbc.com slash trading matters. Also, like, share, subscribe. Like, share, subscribe. See you next week.